Welcome back to the Health Disparities Podcast, a program of Movement is Life. Movement is Life is a not-for-profit organization whose mission is to eliminate health disparities across race, ethnicity, gender, and zip code through a range of programs and advocacy for health equity. Google and YouTube have done a pretty good job of organizing the internet in a way that makes it quick and easy to find that one thing or website we need out of literally billions of options. And that is definitely the case for health. Most people will Google their symptoms as a first step. And Google is probably the way patients first engage with many educational resources. For this episode of the Health Disparities Podcast, Dr. Millicent Gorham, Executive Director of the National Black Nurses Association, sits down with Dr. Garth Graham, Director and Global Head of Healthcare and Public Health at Google slash YouTube. He previously served in two U.S. administrations as U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary for Minority Health. He was President of the Aetna Foundation, as well as Vice President and Chief Community Officer at CVS Health. In a wide-ranging discussion, Dr. Graham and Dr. Gorham explore the theme of meeting people where they are, particularly where that place is an individual's phone and the individual is sharing their front-of-mind concerns about health with either a Google search or searching YouTube via their mobile phone. Dr. Graham believes we're entering a new era of health information, a journey that all of us are on already. And the key challenge is to make science central to that journey, so that even if we are receiving health information via social media, it is both factual and helpful. He also explores how this easily accessible information is not only essential to the many individual choices we make every day, but also vital to successful shared decision-making where providers and patients are collaborating to choose the best next steps. This discussion was recorded at the Movement is Life Annual Caucus in November of 2021. Hello, everyone. This is Millicent Gorham. The magnificent, marvelous, magnanimous Dr. <laughs> Millicent Gorham, Executive Director of the National Black Nurses Association, and I am delighted to be here with my friend, Dr. Garth Graham. Oh, my goodness. We've known each other through many iterations of your professional, hmm, and personal <laughs> U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary for Health, Director of the U.S. Office of Minority Health, President of Aetna Foundation, Vice President of and Chief Community for Health at CVS, and now Mr. Google. Can we call you that? No, please don't. <laughs> so we've known each other for a long time. Oh, we have, we have. I, I was starting to tell you earlier that... Um, I was searching for your name to send you my presentation. So I turned to my old emails because I was like, oh, I should send it from my email account. And I found emails from over 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Between you and I, dating back to 2008, 2009, talking about the Affordable Care Act and other stuff going on. That's a long time. A long time. Yeah. To be talking about minority health yeah. and healthcare for underrepresented groups and and all of the organizations that you've brought together. Well, and you brought together too. What's funny is I found an email exchange between you and I about 
changing health disparities and having an impact. And it just made me think how many of us have been doing this a long time to varying degrees of success. Certainly, I think what you've done with the National Black Nurses is will go down in history. I, you, you're, you're, uh, what's the word I would say? Your um, eulogy. Hopefully, that day never comes, but that will be something of, about impact and, and changing lives. So, I heard something once about uh, you know people who live their lives for resumes versus eulogy, impact versus achievement, and I think yours is definitely an impactful life. So well, thank you so much, and glad to have been on the journey with you. Yes, absolutely, the journey. absolutely. That okay. is so true. So we have this new life at Google. Tell yes, us we do. all about it. Tell yeah. us all about it. So, you know, Melissa, you and I have been, like I said, on this journey for some time. And um, what I've been tasked with and what I'm really passionate about now is this idea of how we bring health information to people as a part of their daily lives. And the vision for our work and what Google Health is doing overall, Google is doing overall, what YouTube is doing, all of these um, diff the, the different components coming together is really this idea of how do you meet people along their health journey, give them information um, that can empower them to make the right decision, but also realizing that how people get information today is really different than they did 30 years ago. You know, I often say, you know, gone are the days of um, flyers and billboards and where you would, you know, get a piece of paper from your doctor's office and go home and read that, and that is your singular source of health information decision-making. So that's one aspect. And then blending that with the journey that you and I have been on um, for a long time is, what does that mean for minority communities who both disproportionately get their information from social media sources, but also suffer from issues related to the um, infrastructure of how tech gets to them? and lack of broadband access and challenges on those lines. So it's, a, it's an interesting double-edged sword, but, but what you know and I know from just communities that we work with that, you know, people are getting information in all kinds of different ways, and they act on that information. Um, that information is part of their healthcare journey. And so what, we, what we're doing is thinking through how do you deliver evidence-based information as part of that journey um, in a way that brings the science out of textbooks and kind of into people's lives. That's a big, tall order. <laughs> so tell us about your priorities in yes. terms of all that. Yeah, okay. So our, our priority is primarily looking globally. How do you bring um, information to communities, um, health information that is evidence-based but engaging? How do you um, tackle the challenges that communities may face where they may be, especially in the era of COVID, but even before and beyond, um, where they may be getting misinformation and bad information? And how do you certainly um, remove that um, from the, the areas that we have onus and responsibility over? And um, then, you know, again, how along, um, along um, uh, individuals and community lives how do you reach them with engaging information that helps them make the right decision? And we primarily do that through video um, in, in my role. Um, and we, we utilize... So are we talking about short videos? Ah, I love oh. that. Ah. So we primarily... So um, all kinds of videos. So YouTube is primarily a video platform. Mm -hmm. And 
through both different um, methodologies of reaching communities across the world. Um, we use that to give communities health information. Now, the, the interesting thing and, um, and the, the, the kind of scope, so going back to, to my reference to you and your career and impact, but flipping it into this concept of, of, of how many people can we um, impact along this journey. You know, two billion people go to YouTube um, every day. I often say, you know, the world only has seven billion people. That's a third of the world's population will be engaging, um, you know, over the course of, um, of, you know, next couple of days or so um, with looking for information. We also know that 71% of folks around the world will go online looking for health information in general. And if you think about, you know, the average journey, we may, we may get a, a diagnosis, hear something, uh, have a discussion with a colleague or friend about some health topic, and then we will research it on our own. That will drive us to our next step, our next decision, or you know, whether we take a medication, take a vaccine, exercise, not exercise, um, eat differently. All of those things are part of the journey. And there are multiple things that go into that journey, but one important part of that is information. So if you, if you look at underserved communities, again, going back to the journey that, that you've been leading and that I've been on with you, think about what that means in the context of social determinants of health and health literacy as a determinant. And if you can reach folks with science information in a way that is engaging, um, addresses the concept of how their understanding of information, the concept of health literacy, the concept of cultural competence, if you can do that at scale, then you have the ability to change a lot of things along that journey. It is not the end-all, be-all. You know, there are other factors that go into anybody's kind of overall either health journey or clinical experience. But what I'm focused on is this idea of organizing, delivering information at scale um, in an engaging way to communities from Little Haiti in Miami to the Bronx um, to Sao Paulo to Kyoto in Japan to... Um, any other, any communities across the world. How do we, you know, create that um, concept using video? So that's what we're gonna hopefully talk about, um, and it's what I call the kind of the, the new era of health information. That a journey that we're all already on. We just need to kind of accelerate um, how we um, get the science um, as a part of that journey in general. So will this go across the spectrum from birth to death? Yeah, you know, really right now, it's already occurring across the spectrum. Um, you know, um, people are using platforms like ours um, to find health information from all different walks of life. So, so we're just trying to meet people where they already are. In fact, the whole idea behind our strategy, kind of the broader Google Health strategy, using kind of search, YouTube, all these different components, is this idea of meeting people where they are. And certainly from the YouTube idea, that's, that's another component of how do you meet people where they already are as part of their daily lives, you know, uh, when they're searching for information in the palm of their hands on their phones, et cetera. So, so, so that's really the overall goal. Now, conceptually, you then have to think through not just the, um, the, 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 the way that the science bad information, but the engagement and the way in which that again, you know, translates into ways people understand. So that's really my, my goal. Um, our job is this idea of what we say, making public health public. Um, so like public health no longer are just a term for 
um, public health practitioners, traditional academicians, or people in government or state, uh, state or federal government roles, you know, but, you know, my mom, you know. For everybody. Uh, for everybody. Mm -hmm. And to do that, people have to understand the essence of health information, science, and that's what you saw of COVID, you know, this, it was a crash course for the world in science, in, in, in pharmacologics, in mRNA, you know, complicated things that normally people would just find, get the tail end of the information, but now people wanted to find the whole spectrum, you know, uh, you know, is this vaccine safe for me? Is this vaccine safe for my child? For it to be safe for me and my child, I want to understand how did they, how do we get here? And so this concept of how you deliver that health information is kind of what, 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 what my team is leading um, and, and, and how we do that uh, through video. So with the videos, you talked about science and um, evidence-based uh, information giving out to everyone. So are you going to be using influencers? Oh, perfect question. Yeah. I think influencers... Is a very broad term because, and, and, and the whole idea is, is to definitively use influencers, use creators, influencers, people who, um, who have audiences that are making information. But we have to remember the concept of influence just means influence. Anyone who influences you, it could be, um, it could be somebody from the entertainment industry that you trust their opinion. Could be somebody from the a physician who you trust your opinion. Physicians are influencers too. Um, Community-based leaders are influencers in different ways. So the whole idea is to have that influence be, you know, this concept of evidence, this concept of how you bring science to scale. But 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 the concept is to always use influence because the idea is how do you create an engaging and influential, um, uh, you know, way in which you reach people. And, and give it give them health information. So I would say definitively yes, um, understanding the, the broad context of influence. And we're hoping that you'll be using those trusted That's healthcare right. providers, <laughs> the nurses. That's right. I remember oh, more than a decade ago when uh, my mom's a nurse, as you know, um, and when when I brought her to the black nurse, she was a she. She was a nurse practicing then, no longer now. She's retired. And she's the biggest influencer in my life, right? Um, and that's, that's one context of influence. But nurses are the, 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 the folks who are the most, the most in contact with patients often. You know? um, so they understand the patient experience, the patient journey, the, 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 so many of those contexts. And particularly when you see a lot of the younger nurses, um, they understand varied ways of how you get people information. So, you know, a whole spectrum of, of talent in terms of healthcare information delivery that you see in, in nurses um, because they just, again, have so much deep understanding of that, that whole experience, you know, the joy and the pain that patients are experiencing at the bedside, you know, all of those things. So that's how you try to kind of um, bring all of this to life, realizing said, you know, information is one part of it, but if we can deliver quality information that allows people to make their best next decision, then that already gets us to a better place than where we are now. One of the beauties of the Movement is Life Caucus is that we do have a shared decision-making tool, that tool helping to provide with the providers and patients collaborating together on their healthcare and the healthcare journey. To, to have better outcomes, health outcomes. 
You were talking about shared decision earlier. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, you know, the decision, this is such an interesting point about um, clinical decision making. And, you know, me, that is part of, 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 of when I practice, when I do practice, practice, you know, this idea, we, we try to engage patients in that uh, by giving them information, risk benefits and, and talking through in that, that, that context of shared decision making. And then, Milson, think now what happens when the patient leaves the office and wakes up at 2 a.m. in the night. And he, she has a question, a thought, and it may not be an emergent question or thought, but it is a relevant to them at that time question or thought. And the first thing they're going to do is they, they may not call their doctor at 2 a.m. to ask just a generic question about an experience, but they're going to look it up, like yeah. we all do. The first thing they're going to do is reach for their phone, they're going to Google it. They're going to look on YouTube. They're going to look on one of our platform or any platform. They're going to look on something to try to find information, something that is an adjunct to what their experience in that clinical setting with shared decision making. And so the, 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 the real goal over time is how do you have information that supplements that clinical shared decision making process? And then how do you engage healthcare leaders across the spectrum? to help create that information so that it is available for patients when they wake up. And they, they, again, you know, it may be a question that feels trivial, but to that patient at that time is the most important question at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know? And how do you have them understand and, and you know, be a part of that? So part of it is understanding, and so I'll talk about today, that the patient journey, uh, only a very small portion of that happens in a clinical setting. The rest of it happens in life. You know, when they're going to think, you know, I was just thinking this morning as I was, you know, thinking bacon or, or, or uh, <laughs> bacon or this vegetable. And that's part of the journey, right? So, you know, I'm, uh, my, my cholesterol is immediately impacted by, by those decisions. And, you know, I, it's not that I'm going to then go, um, you know, who should I talk to? But, but, but there are things that have driven me to that point. Mm -hmm. And all of that is this concept of kind of, you know, in, in, in information um, sharing, um, and it starts, it definitely starts with the clinical relationship for patients that you just mentioned with a shared decision making, and then extends out into the world as they live their daily lives. So how do with all of this information and all of these videos and all the different ways that you're going to put this information out there across the world, how do we get down to the five things that we actually need to know oh, yeah. that will help us access the healthcare system in mm -hmm. a different way or to make sure that we are comfortable asking the right questions yep. to our healthcare providers? You know, all of those things, uh, Melissa, are so interestingly personal. So um, the five things that, that, that we may all need to know may be you know, some concept around, of course, what we need to decide on around our next next decision around, you know, uh, healthy eating, healthy healthy aspect of living. But then there are parts of it, especially once you start getting into mental health. Part of it is also, you know, the things that people need to know and understand to make um, decisions that make them more comfortable in who they are, understand when, and again, the kind of the, the whole spectrum of, of both their own um, um, that, that, that health is not just the clinical um, definition of absence of disease, but, but all these other things that go along with um, social um, and mental health, like I was saying earlier. 
So, so those five things, um, uh, there has to be variation of those things to meet the patient's needs, both their clinical and emotional needs. And so what we think through is, how are the things that match, again, kind of the evidence for what they're searching for, but equally as important is, how is it engaging so that those five things are the kinds of things that would resonate with an individual, with a community? There's one thing I would say Google has done a good job of, um, is organizing the world's information. That's why Google is now a verb. You know, you Google it or you, you <laughs> YouTube something. You know, um, I was with somebody on the plane a couple of weeks ago, and they were, you know, they were talking about the fact that they were YouTube. And I was just thinking, YouTube's now a verb, you know, because it, it's now, it's how you look up and do something. And that is because, as you know, the platforms have been able to organize information very well that people have integrated into their daily life. How amazing is it as we take this more further to understand globally, just think about all the world, all the challenges people are facing, that as healthcare organizations think of being a part of their journey, they integrate with that verb so that when someone does a Google or a YouTube verb of doing something, they're getting the information that um, the nurses, the doctors, um, um, you know, the public health practitioners want them to get. And that's a gulf that we're now trying to, to help bridges. How do you bring together the science with the community? Um, and certainly COVID has accelerated that discussion because now people know um, that information, misinformation, and that the underlying word being information is important. Um, and so, um, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's the overall mission. That's, and that just translates, again, Millicent, bring it kind of, um, 360 into the journey, you know, years ago when we were, you know, always and still continue to talk about how do you change communities. This is just one ingredient of that, multiple other ingredients, but certainly empowering people to make the right decisions is, is a part of that. So let's talk a little bit about the technology behind all of yes. this. That's the, that's the, part that gets really exciting. <laughs> I can't even imagine the kinds of things that, that you all are conceiving of. And well, Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, as someone who came to this from a traditional public health background, the technology part is important, but it's fascinating. One of the things I learned that we don't do a good job of in healthcare is um, technologies succeed when the technology that's developed is directly meeting a user need. Mm -hmm. So this is, uh, this is this really um, um, very focused kind of um, user obsession. And then if the user finds it useful, then, then the, 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 all the components kind of come together. In healthcare, we've had a very institution-centric way of delivering healthcare. We think about the hospital, we think about the doctor's office, and if and if you think about reimbursement, value-based care, all the things that happens based on uh, not value-based care but fee-for-service that happens based on incidents that occur primarily in the clinical setting. What being and and on that I have learned the most about being on the tech side of things is once you start to get kind of um, uh, patient-centered, which is what we talk about, but not, but not to really do, or user-centered or community-centered, the tech part of it is really just a secondary to how much the actual user is engaging. And you have to change and modify to make sure you're kind of meeting that need. So I think what I've learned the most in this journey is um, how to be 
centered on the person who and that individual who is utilizing the technology as a tool and how does that then how do you understand how do you meet their needs globally given this cultural competence takes on a very different concept when you think about it globally um, and how do you make the technology utilizable in that context that's got to be amazing, especially the cultural competency. Oh, part, man. Oh. Especially from a global standpoint of view. I have to tell you, you know, it has been interesting because it's a both a, there's a lot of similarities, um, a lot of differences. Um, we did a campaign in Brazil early this year around COVID where we were bringing together um, a lot a lot of the, the platforms in general in Brazil and, and influences and scientists around, um, uh, again, you know, understanding what people need to do safe, to, 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 do to be safe, um, and then, you know, a lot of that translating into um, uh, information about uh, venture about vaccines when it became available. And what I learned there was just, it, I just, it was just so many interesting contexts of understanding messaging along the African diaspora, you know, um, understanding messages um, in different contexts, understanding, again, just how people are living their daily lives. And what's fascinating for me, particularly in underserved and third world settings, is um, where, where people have access to that technology, how that is so singularly influential in their lives. So, you know, certainly I think we, as a, as a world, we have to deal with the challenges of, um, of, you know, technology deserts, you know, where broadband access is not there. But, you know, where it is globally, it is just amazing how it, it powers commerce, health, um, social connections. And it's part of, the goal is, is now to have public health be a very um, intrinsic part of that across the world. That's a long answer to say. It's been crazy interesting. <laughs> Here's my last question. Sure. What's been the most fun for you in this this journey right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, you know, my dad always taught me to consistently learn. And the most fun part for me on this part of this journey it has been learning more about how the actual technology is just secondary to the individual experience. And that's, you know, coming from a traditional healthcare background, we, again, we always think about medicine or a tool that's created and giving it to the patient. But it's very different when you think through how that person is going to experience this, when they're going to experience this information, what does that lead them to do? And it's just, it's, it's really developing something from the patient, user, um, or that individual's eyes. So I think it's been fascinating for me learning more about how that is done in a scalable way. Um, and I guess the other fascinating thing for me is just the beauty in cultures across the world um, and cultures within our community and, you know, how, um, you know, different parts of even our domestic community really, you know, bridges into international community, how information just shared back and forth in such dynamic ways and a, a topic I know you love about learning. Um, but, but just learning more about cultures is fascinating to me. Well, we've been on this journey a minute now. We have been. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank Dr. Garth Graham for a wonderful journey.
and one that we will continue on, see what Google has to bring to bear <laughs> across this globe. This is the Movement is Life Caucus. Thank you all so much for listening.